0: Hey, Dirt Balls. want to remind everyone, we are on Twitch. Yes, that's right. Dirty Sports has been gaming all week long. Twitch.com forward slash dirty sports. I am the worst gamer of all time.
1: Just want to repeat what Andy said, everybody. Andy Ruther has embraced eSports. Andy Ruther is an eSports athlete.
0: No, 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 because I am not good, and I'm not an athlete on the gaming.
1: Well, that doesn't stop you from from embracing the eSports, Andy. We knew it would eventually happen. Everything you've ever <laughs> raged on hard has eventually become something that you love.
0: I didn't say I loved it.
1: You're a, I, a <laughs> Michael Jordan stan, a Kobe stan, a Johnny Manziel slurper, a a avid and loud opponent of eSports. Here we are. Twitch.com Dirty Sports. Is that what it is?
0: Twitch.com forward slash, forward dirty,
1: slash sports. dirty Sports. Twitch.tv. Twitch.tv. Slash, d- d- slash Dirty Sports. I went undefeated last night.
0: You did. Reminder. To everybody. So, by the way, it's it's Nick who got me. You know, I, I, I trust him. I value his opinions. You, but do you trust him. So, this is more... That's a weird comment. This is more of a, you know, of a... Siding with Nick and saying, "Hey, okay, let's do this." Don't turn this into Andy is always wrong sort of thing. I,
1: did, I didn't turn it <laughs> into you're wrong. That's what you did. All
0: right, we're 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 going on too long right now. Let's start the show.
2: Welcome to Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy the and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California with my co-host, Joey, no chill, Prayno. Hello, Andy. Good afternoon, Mr. Prano.
1: Good afternoon. Is it afternoon? Yeah, it is.
0: It is 1.07 p.m. I
1: mean, again, I said this yesterday during our Twitch stream. It's uh, This is quarantine morning. 4 p.m. is the new noon. That's what I've come up with. Really? Quarantine has pushed everything four hours. Think about it. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Like, at this point, four is now noon. Like... What's a normal like if you were like I've got some stuff to do tomorrow. I'm gonna to try to be in bed by two a.m. That's now or that's currently currently that's- exactly right. If you were trying to you know I would say eleven p.m. If I put pre quarantine, I got stuff to do tomorrow. I'm gonna to lay down, start calling tonight, maybe put on a movie to get, to start going to bed eleven p.m. Now it's two a.m. three a.m.
0: By the way, Bilbo, let me just speak for him.
1: Yeah, Bilbo's not I mean
0: Bilbo was already a two AM guy. So let's just keep this real for a minute. Maybe two AM for you and I.
3: The entire world has shifted to my schedule. How much sleep to my demand. How
0: much sleep do you need, by the way? I want to discuss this real quick.
3: How much sleep do you need? I need like five hours at least. Five?
0: (laughs) Bro, you and I have been doing this thing for like two and a half months. I'd say you need ten to twelve. I got to tell you, everybody, what Bilbo did last night. This is an all-time Bilbo moment. So he racks out kind of early, about one p.m. We watched the latest episode of Dave. He hated it, by the way. Yeah, that a weak episode of Dave. Yeah, not the best.
3: I mean, if you're gonna make a show and call it Dave, at least have Dave be the main guy. I, I, like. I agree. That and and I like I like the
1: producer character, but yeah. uh, putting a whole episode around him was especially after two. Hella strong episodes. I was like, wow, this show has hit a new level. Starts out kind of funny, kind of good. Episodes, I believe it was four and five, were, or five and six, were like, whoa. And then just totally dropped the ball.
0: But I'm into the Asian girl. I told him that a couple weeks ago, even before this. So I didn't, I didn't dislike it as much. I'm into her. I kind of like her personality. I'm attracted to her. Anyway, we don't want to get too far into that. I got to tell you what Bilbo did. We watched Dave. We put on the Mark Twain, Dave Chappelle the Kennedy Center honors. Yeah. He racks out really early. I was impressed. I mean, Bilbo was out cold by one o'clock. I hop in bed, you know, I, I watch a little Netflix on my iPad. I wake up at about 4 p.m. We wake up. I'm 4 sorry, 4 a.m. We wake up at about the same time. I said, I really gotta pee. I go into pee. Bilbo stands up from the couch. I walk out of the bathroom. He's at the fridge. <laughs> he pulls out a big thing of cheese sticks from Trader Joe's. He goes, want one? I go, it's 4 a.m., dude. I'm going right back to sleep. He eats a cheese stick, and then he goes to sleep. What kind of animal wakes up at 4 a.m.? I
1: should hang out with my girlfriend. She gets up in the morning. We'll go to the fridge, come back with cheese, yeah. lay it by me,
3: eat some cheese, go back to bed. Yeah, it's a nice little snack to have.
0: And then you go back to sleep with that in your mouth. That's well, so bad know, for your y- teeth. Y- you have a little of water. You wash teeth, it down.
1: It? I don't think cheese is bad for no. your teeth. You it's think- Dairy.
0: You don't want to eat anything and then go to sleep for it's your teeth.
1: What's wrong with cheese?
0: It's a weird move, Bill. But four a.m. Oh,
1: hell, a hella weird move. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, it just doesn't have anything to do with the dental you care. You don't have, have a it.
3: you don't have a little itch for some dairy late. I mean, night? just like that
1: dairiness in your mouth, and you go back to sleep. I feel like you'd wake up and you'd like just you'd just have
3: grown more cheese.
0: A four a.m. cheese stick. If that,
3: I've been doing this for a while too. Like if we go back to like. Fam, old family videos. There's an old family video that my dad took of me, like at the on the ground of the kitchen floor with some like craft singles. I, I've been doing this for a while. The man likes cheese. We have a we have like a weird trend happening in like the uh,
1: the producer booth. Like our our Bilbo twerks. I mean, Shubelly looks like he eat like some cheese. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I like these guys. These guys just eating just cheese direct. <laughs> Twirks, pizza for twerks is just a pile of cheese. Bilbo's eating cheese sticks. Chabelli yeah, the- looks like he makes his own homemade burrata.
0: It really is fascinating. Yeah, this this consumption of cheese between the guys who've been sitting at the desk the last few years.
1: Yeah. EJ's making you know chili con queso.
0: <laughs> well, I might as well just get it out of the way. We're talking about Bilbo. I do have some somewhat somber news, but also just realistic news. Bilbo will be leaving us for a minute.
1: I will remember you. If this isn't goodbye, it's just see you later. Yeah, that's that's what they say because we're sending Bilbo. Basically, we're we're. I'm getting
3: bumped down to the G League.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sending them back to the G League. Isn't there a Grand Rapids G League team? Yeah, the Grand Rapids Drive. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Is that a Pistons yeah. like minor leagues Correct. team? Correct. That's I, great. I have their t-shirt. Well, we brought Bilbo here and uh you know, I got to say the the strongest statement that Nick made while he was here was like, "You guys got to get off the couch." Yeah. got to get off the couch doing stuff, you know. Sadly, when Bilbo arrived it was just after well, actually, literally days before the knee accident, but uh, you guys were getting off the couch, doing the Costco vids, all that. We're now looking at quarantine for God knows how long. So we're gonna let him go eat cheese sticks at his parents' house, <laughs> and then we're gonna and then we're gonna give him the call back up to the majors uh, when when rosters expand again.
0: Yeah. So basically, to kind of sum up what Joe was saying, and, and Nick knows this, we're working with just limited. Options one, and the truth is, also financially, we're a lot more strapped. We've lost some sponsors because of the pandemic. Basically,
1: you guys are just roommates now. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Twitch gamers. Yeah, for the next couple of days. True. Yeah.
0: So Nick has killed it, and I want everybody to know that. So any Nick haters out there, you know what? Fuck you. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that language.
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go even one step further, and and I did not clear this, but Nick. For the for the dirt balls who appreciate everything that you have done in the months that you've been here, why don't you give us your Venmo handle? You know, just in case anybody <laughs> wants to throw throw Nick a little thrust bone. Yeah, for all the stuff that he's done since he's been here.
3: All right. Well, you don't have to, but uh, if you want to, it's Nick Dale two seven.
1: Nick Dale two seven on Venmo. Kid's gonna spend it exclusively on cheese sticks. <laughs> So, if you appreciate some of the videos, some of the content, all the work that he's done, this is also... And the uh, Twitch channel,
0: which he created. The Twitch channel. The design. Everything has been all Nick.
1: Any thusting toward Nickdale27 on Venmo will be used on either cheese sticks or his eventual return, his his flight back, his gas back, his down payment on some rent. Return turn
0: of the Dale,
1: Because Nick... And we'll, I'm going to force Nick to make his own video of him as Terminator saying he'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
2: be back.
0: So, yeah, we're looking at maybe be maybe just a couple months. And obviously, this wasn't an easy decision. But like Joe said, Nick Nick's great line to me when he came here was, we need to get off the couch and do content. Whether that was Costco. And the government was like, not
3: so
4: fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: The Venice Beach three-point contest.
3: Oh, look at that! We already got Venmo's rolling in from Joe. Oh, from you, Joe. I didn't do that. No, we got another Joe.
0: There are more than one person in Joe. Turned down for
3: never. Thanks, Joe.
0: So basically, this is the last episode with Nick for a minute. But I have a feeling it could be six to eight weeks. Like it might not be as long as we ho- like as we think. I'm yeah. hoping get Nick back here and. Uh, He also needs Venmo because his poor parents are dealing with satellite internet, which I still don't (laughs) understand what that is. I have
3: to call him today.
0: Who are you calling today?
3: I'm calling Mishwave, which is the satellite internet provider of Western Michigan.
0: Explain what satellite internet is. It's like satellite TV,
1: but internet. Yeah.
3: You know, usually internet is a line. It's it's a line. It's like a fiber optic cable. Yeah. We don't have the cable. We have a satellite. Your parents
1: live in an area where they haven't run cable yet.
3: Yeah, we are very rural because we moved to an area in what's called Caledonia, about 15 minutes s- south of Grand Rapids, and we don't have a lot of cable, a lot of you know new technology. So we have to, we have to you know innovate through some other things.
0: Are you on a big plot, a big plot of land? Yeah. How many acres? I don't know. It's a good question.
3: There's a lot of acres. There's gonna be a. There's gonna be an. Um, a small airport in the, in our backyard in, like, the next couple of years. Wow.
0: Like, you're doing that so you can fly to and from L.A.? No, like, there's
3: just some dude who wants to have a... Have a personal airport? What a personal we, airport, Because so he can do, like, like his little flight shows or something like that. Yeah. I think maybe... maybe now, the, Grand
1: Rapids is a city-ish, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, as far as the Midwest Second goes. Second
3: biggest city in Michigan.
1: Fifteen minutes south of that city, they don't have fucking wires? Yeah. <laughs>
0: quality of life
1: (laughs) 15 minutes south of here is lax
3: yeah
0: i feel like we need a quality of life off yeah like he doesn't have normal internet we have crackheads pooping on the street like you could do a back and forth between where we live like we have the ocean he's got peace and quiet you know what i'm saying
3: yeah it is is peace and quiet it's very nice in the summertime we're at by a lake he's
1: not gonna need a cricket loop he's gonna have his own (laughs) crickets andy
0: yeah that's right. Well, Nick will be here until Sunday, and then yeah. he's flying his own pri- private jet, probably, via United.
3: So uh, we've, uh, we, we've streamed every day this week on Twitch, and I think we're going to continue that up until I leave.
0: Yeah, we are. I might need Joe uh, to come back and help me out. Although Joe's game on NBA Jam with Dirk is
3: scrum. Oh, my God.
1: God. Dirk was my boy. Every game, like, of that ilk, You know, uh, I find a guy and it's just we're going to go. I played I played you with the heat first last night. I went because this is apparently 2011 rosters. Yeah. So it was LeBron and Wade seemed crazy not to use LeBron. Um, So I gave LeBron a shot. But then I realized, you know, basically on NBA Jam, everybody's going to dunk. Like, I mean, Steve Nash is throwing down, you know. Tomahawks. So if everybody's going to dunk, really the next level, I, you know, I just went full Mike D'Antoni. Three is greater than two. What if I find a guy who can can threes? And then it was like, well, do I use 2011 Steph, whatever? And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I go Dirk, big tall guy, and get the shots off. Blocks come fairly often in uh, NBA Jam as well. Get a Get a tall guy. And, I mean, just game one. Just hit my stride. Found that hash mark. Plus, the short corner, every corner is a short corner when Dirk Nowitzki's in it. Just can't, I mean, multiple 60-point Dirk performances.
0: Unstoppable.
1: Loved it. I love Dirk. I'm such a big Dirk fan.
0: Well, that's a good segue into what's going on in the NBA, Joe. Something that I think is very lame, and they really couldn't have missed the mark anymore from this idea. The NBA and ESPN plan to televise a horse competition. Among those expected to participate are Chris Paul, Trey Young, Zach Levine and WNBA players with some former NBA alumni. Now, why do you feel
1: like they've missed the mark?
0: Because I think you need better players. Like I, I don't mind Trey Young, I don't mind Chris Paul, I mean even Zach Levine, but like, again, we're trying to include everybody.
1: Yeah, I I mean, the the
0: WNBA thing like this whole look, this this boils down to what people care about. And I know every idiot equal opportunity person is going to get offended with what I'm about to say. The facts are this. No one cares about the WNBA. The numbers don't lie. The viewership doesn't lie. And the attendance doesn't lie. No one cares. So stop trying to whore this out and push this in front of us. We don't need WNBA players in the competition. This has nothing to do with gender. It has everything to do with no one cares. And those are the facts.
1: Now, don't you think that there's a little bit of interest in the just WNBA players? Because this isn't like a physical competition. So the idea that, oh, well, you know, they they can't jump as high, run as fast as the men, but like, oh, maybe they can shoot. Aren't you sort of excited to just see them get boat raced in a horse thing? Like just put the nail in this coffin once and for all? Like, yeah, even if even if there were no physical limitations, you're still gonna lose. Like, I just don't see Trey Young losing to an a WNBA player, a former NBA player.
0: But that's kind of my point, is that But like let but don't, again don't th- we wanna see the best? Like like this would be my response. This would be my response. If we're going to do this course competition that doesn't include current NBA players, why not get like why not get somebody who's really good who doesn't even play in the NBA or the, in the NBA? You know what I'm saying? Why not get somebody a, a fan or somebody who's a great shooter or a celebrity who can play basketball? My point is if if we're going to deviate from the NBA at all, the current NBA, I don't want to replace that with NBA um, WNBA players. It doesn't make it as interesting for me. It'd be a lot more interesting if they grabbed a streetball guy who can shoot, or I don't know, a celebrity who's really good. Because again, it is just but at least there's
1: at least there's a storyline here. Like I don't care whether or not Hot Sauce is as good as you know Trey Young. I but at least there's a storyline of like okay, the Wimmer could be like to me again when when we're talking about like missing the mark. Uh, I just think. All con- all sports content at this point is good sports content. Like, give it to me.
0: I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying I think you're not maximizing, again, but, uh, this the potential. Is, but it's
1: like the dunk contest, even when the NBA – Like, if they could have – if this competition could be Steph and Clay and Trey Young and J.J. Redick and Kyle Corp, then it would be, right? Like, I, I would assume that they've tried to get all their best shooters, and some of these guys are like, nah, I'm not interested. Like – if the NBA horse competition doesn't include Steph Curry, I'm assuming it's because Steph Curry turned them down, and not because they didn't ask Steph Curry. Correct?
0: Maybe. I, again, I just you you do you see where I'm coming from? I, I, I
1: just don't feel like they're going with like Ella Donna or whatever her name is. But you instead see, of where, Steph.
0: you see where I'm coming from, right? I, I feel like they are trying to just push this like we're including everybody. We're gonna have a transgender horse think, that's gonna be competing are, just, in a game of horse. I just
1: think horse is boring in general. I agree. Um, and again, I'll, yeah, I'll I'll watch it maybe once, but uh, to me, it's far more interesting. They were they've been doing this e sports like players playing each other. Like why why aren't we having like a sixteen person one on one tournament? I don't know. All these guys, I mean, Kevin Durant already had it or whatever, right? Like, Kevin Durant's got the antibodies. Like, let's get Kevin Durant out there in a one-on-one
0: game. Is he even healed, though? It
1: was was weeks ago.
0: No, I'm talking about his knee. Oh,
1: yeah, he's been playing. He's been shooting. He was, like, like saying – they were talking that he might even be back if they were a playoff team. Whatever. You know my point. Whoever these guys – Donovan Mitchell had it and is now – fine like get Donovan Mitchell out there
0: yeah no I know I I just uh, again it's I don't know I don't think they're maximizing what they could I did see something on our reddit which made me laugh can the NBA players is this illegal and horse just do crazy dunks which would then just basically force the WNBA players out of the game
1: like I mean Trey Young and Chris Paul aren't dunking
0: but if Zach Levine wants to do some insane dunk, and I saw they tweeted back and forth about that. Well,
3: now, if they dunk, couldn't the girl just do a jump shot from where he took off? I don't or know. Or do you have to just completely do yeah. the dunk? Like, I, I mean, I feel like horses are shooting. Because wouldn't Zach Levine just win then?
1: Zach Levine's like, go up, go through your legs and dunk it. Chris Paul's like, for that reason, I'm
3: out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shooting game. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I have zero faith the NBA is going to finish, though. It sucks. It really sucks.
3: And
1: you know, uh, Tug and I were talking about this on the phone the other day. Like, overall, in in sports, in the world, who is benefiting from coronavirus and who is not benefit? And you know, and who's who's getting the least benefit from the quarantine? And you know, we were in agreement. Like, some of these guys whose windows are closing, some of these guys who are getting older. I mean, LeBron James, for example, like. This, yeah, is- this is setting LeBron James back in the all-time scoring title. This is setting LeBron James back in another shot at a finals appearance, at a championship. Oh, yeah. At, I mean, Giannis is, was, was on his way to a second straight MVP. You know, obviously the Kevin Durant's of the world and the Joe Prano's of the world, re- guys recovering from major injuries.
0: Did you just put yourself in the same category?
1: Yeah, we're both internet trolls. We're both <laughs> recovering from ma- major injuries. <laughs> One of us is a little cock bitch. <laughs>
0: do you think they'll still do awards?
1: Probably, right? The NBA will probably do that shit, but like they gave the Wooden Award yesterday, I believe.
0: But I'm talking Did NBA. They? Yeah. Well, basketball. At least they finished the regular season
3: in for college co- basketball? For
0: college basketball, so you can give out awards. I, I mean, it really hurts LeBron. They were coming off beating the Bucs and Clippers, two huge wins.
1: Again, my initial thing was a break six weeks off from the NBA. Incredible for LeBron.
0: Incredible for Kawhi, too.
1: Yeah, although Kawhi is, like, fucking fine and just does this weird, like, I'm going to sit every back-to-back game anyway thing. But six weeks off, great for LeBron. But if they don't come back... I mean, that's that's huge. It's a season where, I mean, obviously, he was he went to, what was it, eight straight finals with, you know, the Heat and the Cavs. Then you go, he has his one, like, full-on rebuild first year with the Lakers. He gets hurt. They're bad. Second year, Anthony Davis is like, we're going right back to LeBron. And LeBron was dominating. I mean, we're talking about, there, there was talk of, like, LeBron in the MVP conversation.
0: Does Anthony Davis come back now? Because wasn't his just a one-year deal. Yeah, and he refused to re-up. I think he just
1: wants to test the market, right? But this whole thing has got to be, you know, it's got to change the finances of that and when when they start next year and all.
0: Speaking of finances, the players will get their next paycheck. They get paid, I believe, the 15th and the 1st. And... I I think I saw if I read this correctly, they're gonna get their next paycheck on the fifteenth, but after that, they're not sure how that's gonna play out with NBA players. And and, and what else is interesting is I saw it was it was Jay Williams and uh, uh who was it? Why am I forgetting this? He was on Jay Williams, maybe he was on an ESPN show or one of Jay Williams' podcast. Uh I don't know. Maybe you can look this up for me, Nick, please. An I, NBA I, player? Yeah, it was, a, it was an NBA player saying a lot of guys are living paycheck to paycheck.
1: Which is wild.
0: And he justified it by saying there's a lot of guys making the minimum. I believe the minimum is still $500,000. Right. And a lot of guys just don't prepare for something like this. And to me, it's like, guys.
1: that That's stupid because if you're making the minimum— if you're a minimum salaried NBA player, you're on the verge of being out of the league at any moment anyway. Yeah. So that's just reckless. Yeah. That's just bad planning. Now, I I can I guess I could understand a little bit if you were living paycheck to paycheck, if you're like a borderline guy, like you're, you know, you're a ninth, tenth man on a team and you're making a million a year, just in, in terms of like expenses and all the you know, not not actually paycheck to paycheck, but but going like every time a paycheck comes in, I've got this to pay and this to pay and this to pay and missing a couple of those. I'm going to have to adjust my lifestyle if I'm not getting my paycheck.
3: It's your boy. C.J. McCollum was said. Uh, oh, of course. A third. It's, of one course one it's third
1: of NBA players. It was a
0: third. He said. "This Because
1: a- C.J. McCollum is basically a journalist at this point, a, a fellow Lehigh University Journalism School graduate. Now the most famous Lehigh University Journalism School graduate. My boy, CJ. Of course he's the guy with these this information.
0: His quote is this. I would say out of 450 players, 150 probably are living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, that that is absolutely phenomenal. Can you look up what the minimum is, Nick? I wonder what the minimum NBA salary is. I think it's around half a million dollars. Yeah,
1: I'm sure that that's about right. But
0: again, this, dude, this goes back to what these guys do. And obviously, I've never had that amount of money. And I was privileged how I grew up. And I didn't have to worry about anything. And the, a lot of these guys come from different backgrounds.
1: But when you say that, you have to consider the fact that your privilege— was your dad making, and I don't know what your dad made, but your dad making somewhere in the realm of the NBA minimum and raising five kids and a wife and having a house.
0: And, and in, private schools. Yeah, and
1: private schools. Like, that's just being competent with your money.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's crazy because obviously I talked about how I just watched the Michael Vick 30 for 30 and how Michael Vick, of course, notoriously went bankrupt. And It's the same thing. Like, don't put a whole crew on your payroll. Yeah, and that w- that was Vic's problem. Vic literally had guys who did nothing; he just threw him cash. And th- if this is true, and obviously CJ is just tossing out a number, but it's it's pretty insane. W- what's the minimum at the NBA?
3: So it depends on how many years of experience you have um, for each. But so if you have no years of experience, this is saying that the minimum is. Around $900,000 for a salary. One-year experience is already jumping up to $1.4 million. Wow.
0: wow. So I was way off. So it was almost double. And then
3: it goes up. I mean, two years experience, 1.6. You go all the way to seven years, it's $2 million.
0: See, again, this, this is why you just do everything straight cash, homie. I know I had some dissenters in this. You just pay you pay for that car straight cash. You don't got to worry about. It. You pay for that house well, if straight cash. You're a billionaire. Why wouldn't you? That's what I'm saying. Everything straight cash.
3: And these minimums are going up in the next couple of years. So by 2023, the minimum for a rookie would be 1 million.
0: Crazy, man. Crazy times that we live in. That these dudes are uh are hurting for cash. Now, baseball seems like they're moving the needle a little, Prano, towards coming back.
1: It seems like there was a lot of talk about how this was going to be possible. Would they play some sort of satellite thing? Then we talked about it on an episode. And then, randomly, Major League Baseball decided to go with how Joe Prano saves baseball. I mean, I'm not saying I should be the commissioner, but what the fuck is happening?
0: This guy, this guy to my left. But did,
1: I mean, is this not exactly what I said? Put all the teams in Arizona. Yeah, is that what I said on this show? A week before they decided to put the teams in Arizona.
0: Well, they're they're talking about putting all the teams in Arizona. Yep. There's a there's more than enough fields. Yeah. Between the spring training, I said that, and also they said they would do, you know, multiple games a day at Chase Field. Yep. Because the Diamondbacks feel which is great, it's not natural grass anymore. Right. So multiple games is not a problem. Right. And also not even just spring training facilities. There's Arizona, Arizona State, Grand Canyon University. I was looking they have all these different sites. Yeah.
1: But I mean even the even the minor league sites, I mean, there's there's ballparks for I mean, half of the league plays their spring training games out there. And then just like I said, even within those complexes, there's usually five, six fields Yeah. to a complex. Each of those, e- there's got to be 12 complexes there.
0: Yeah. So they're talking about possibly doing...
1: And when you say they, you mean we. We were talking about. Now they are talking about. They're yeah. talking about the Joe Prano plan to save baseball.
0: May, they're looking at maybe the teams and team personnel getting together in May doing two weeks of spring training, which again, like they already did a lot of spring training. I don't understand. Why do they need?
1: You can't just go off the couch, play baseball. You can't. I mean, uh, these guys, the, the live pitching is something that you need to two weeks. Okay. Maybe that's a bit much or whatever, but yeah, I mean, I think it's reasonable to go. You gotta, everybody's gotta get the opportunity to face live batters, to face live pitching, whatever because again this is money and there there's careers on the line i i would think that a lot of gms a lot of scouts a lot of people would be considering the fact that this is a different than usual situation but again come arbitration come whatever the idea of like some guy just off the couch having to hit it's you know it's a lot to ask yeah
0: well I think a feasible, more realistic time frame from what I'm seeing is a season, if they went this route, June.
1: Which is scary for me because I don't know if you know anything about the New York Mets, but the deal is the New York Mets do not win baseball games in June. So, of course, that's our luck. We're going to start the season (laughs) June 1. Mets are going to be 0-25, and and they'll still miss the playoffs by three games because they'll be the best team in baseball after their 0-25 start.
0: Yeah. If, if they went this route, it would make me wonder how long they do this. Like, how many months do they play in Arizona before they say, hey, we're going back to our own parks? Well,
1: I, I'm assuming that this is a, we are going to do, we're going to play a season here with the idea that we can do this indefinitely until everybody gets the green light to get back to life as normal.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a tease for us if this happens. Yeah. Because we're so close to Arizona, but we couldn't go to any games. Right. So it's, it'd be a big tease.
1: But we could pull the uh, 1986 Mets World Series. We could skydive into a ballpark.
0: Yeah? Yeah, why not? You like that idea?
1: I love that idea. You ever skydived? No. Have you?
0: No. Bilbo? No. Would you? Okay. Of the three of us, I... And terrified of doing this. Oh, but, me too. But I've always wanted to do it. Yeah. Because of that. Face my fears. I would do it. You would do it? Yeah. Are you eating cheese sticks on the way down? <laughs> That's
3: the only way I'm getting down.
0: The cheese stick?
3: Yeah, you put a cheese stick at the bottom? I feel on like, the ground? I
1: feel like Bilbo needs, like, two GoPros on. He needs to, like, shoot the whole thing, you know? <laughs> two, two Go- Edward GoPro hands.
0: <laughs> well, Joe, if they do start the season in June and they eventually let fans back at the games in Arizona. Wouldn't it be really nice to just sit in that sunny desert sun? Sunny desert sun. Very yeah. very repetitive. Drinking up fresh cold Miller light. Fresh cold in the sunny, sunny
1: sun, sunburnt sun of Arizona. Yeah. I I'm not gonna lie, if they bring back baseball in Arizona, I'm going to find a way to get employed by a team. Maybe as just some sort of, you know, spotter or something like that, just so I can be in the ballpark. I'll bring my own Miller Lights, crack them open in that sunny Arizona sun, and have the world's best and the very first, the original light beer, my favorite beer, Miller Light. That's right. Every time we do this, it warms my heart.
0: It really does. Such a classical beer, and and Bilbo. Just so you know, we're gonna be. It's like the
1: Mozart of beers. It's classical.
0: We're going to be practicing social distancing, but we look forward to having Zoom conference calls with you in Michigan drinking Miller Lights apart from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Something we can all look forward to. Social
1: distance happy hour.
0: That's right, guys. Miller Light, the original light beer while you're home. Enjoy a classic. Available for delivery today. So check that out. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces.
1: Andy, I'm not going to lie. You know what we should do? What's that? We should do a dirty sports happy hour. The requirement is that you're holding a Miller Lite. I like it. We'll do a Zoom happy hour.
0: Everybody from their own spot.
1: Everybody from their own spot. As many dirt balls as we can get on Zoom with Miller Lights. I mean what imagine the picture. All of us holding up <laughs> Miller Lights simultaneously, thirty people on Zoom. Across the country. Across the globe. Across the
0: globe. Yes. It's a great we, idea. Since we have listeners from all over.
1: If you're interested in getting involved in a dirty sports happy hour with Miller Light, first of all, go get yourself a Miller Lite or get it delivered. Many places that you can get Miller Light delivered these days. Get some get some bottles or cans delivered and then slide into Nick's DMs. <laughs> and let him know that you want to be involved in the dirty sports happy hour. First come, first serve. Yeah. The only person not invited Andy Ruther. Cuz you, unless you're going to hold a Miller Lite, drink a Miller Lite. It's Miller Lite. That's that's the key to admission, Andy. Uh, of course. Oh, well, here of we go. Of course I will. Let's go.
0: I like that idea. I know I know Tug has been pushing a happy hour. Tug's invited. Yeah.
1: Everybody with the Miller Light's invited, up to as many people as Zoom
0: can
3: hold. So, pretty much, you send a photo of you with the Miller Light, then you get the room code? Is that how we're doing exactly.
0: this? Exactly. Is that how Zoom works, is a room code? Room code.
1: Nick, I'm going to put you in charge of this post-episode post, post episode today. you got to figure out how many people are in Zoom. Right, let me you got to get, get a guest list. you got a mustache that screams guest list at a club. <laughs> You're on the list.
3: All right, yeah, so find the DMs, Nick Dale.
0: Yeah, we would have to do this soon because Nick is about to venture off into that satellite internet. That's right. Poor poor Dale. Uh, NFL story that I want to cover, which is kind of ridiculous, and I don't even know if it's true. Chris Johnson is being investigated, or at least according to TMZ, is accused of a murder-for-hire plot.
1: Yeah, I saw the headline. I saw your Photoshop of uh, Chris Exotic.
0: Not- Joe Exotic. Yeah. I see what you're doing. Yeah, but wait, not my Photoshop. My idea, thanks to Jay Lloyd, right? The Photoshop
1: guru. And so, what is what are the actual uh, what are the actual details of this murder for hire plot?
0: I mean, it seems pretty vague. Johnson has not been charged with anything, and TMZ.com doesn't explain the nature, type, or context of the court documents containing the allegations. It traces back to March 2015. Johnson was shot in the shoulder. Allegedly for a gang-related effort to kill him. And then in two separate instances the next year, two men were shot and killed by this guy, Dominic Bowden, who apparently claims Johnson paid him to kill the two men. Okay. No charges filed.
1: And See, this is why athletes are living paycheck to paycheck, because they're spending their money on on murders. <laughs> Stop spending your money on murders put that in the bank.
0: Yeah. Uh good luck catching him. That's all I'm saying to the cops. That guy could run. Good luck catching Chris Johnson if you're trying to arrest him. Fun fact about Chris Johnson, uh he's only one of 7 players in NFL history to rush for 2000 yards in a single yeah. season.
1: I mean, he was good for but, he had, he had that he had a short but Exciting window.
0: Okay, we'll have we'll have Nick look this up, and you and I will try to put it together. So seven players have rushed for two thousand or more yards in a season. All right, can I go first? Sure. So Chris Johnson. Yep. Adrian Peterson. Yep. Eric Dickerson. Yep. OJ. OJ. Yep. So we're at four.
1: Barry Sanders.
0: No, I don't think he ever did. Yep, he did. He did. Barry to
1: Barry were at five. Who were the other two? There's gotta be somebody that was somewhat recent. Two thousand I mean, yards. Yeah.
0: Um
3: who do you guys have so far? Repeat your five.
0: OJ, Chris Johnson.
1: By the way, I, bl- I think OJ did it in fourteen games.
0: Barry Sanders, um, Eric, Eric Dickerson, Dickerson, Adrian Peterson. Five.
2: Okay, yeah, did pre-
0: did Priest Holmes, did somebody from one of those Ravens teams? He didn't
3: play him. Oh, Someone from a Ravens team. Jamal, Jamal Lewis. Lewis. Jamal Lewis. That's who I met, not yeah.
1: Priest Holmes.
3: Jamal Lewis is the sixth. There's one more.
1: And is the one more fairly recent.
3: 90s. So wow. Late 90s.
1: Emmitt Smith. Smith.
0: Nope. Wow. Thurman Thomas. Nope.
1: Late 90s.
3: Late
0: 90s. Terrell
3: Davis. Yes, you got it. Oh, yeah. Terrell Davis. Yeah. Bronco.
0: Not too bad. I think I think we we did alright in that. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Only seven guys have done it. Absolutely nuts. Should I tell the Mildred story before we get to some dirtball calls? Well,
1: we were just talking about OJ and stabbings yeah. and a good murder for plot murder for hire plots. Seems like a perfect time to go with this week's Mildred disaster update.
0: This is last Friday.
1: Last Friday. So set the scene. Last Friday. Exterior.
0: Savage Town Apartments. I'm cooking. A, 15 Mildred Avenue. I'm cooking a fuckboy scramble. Okay. I hear a lot of screaming because you can hear. I can
1: hear the eggs crack, the scramble crackling.
0: You can hear the street because it echoes, right? And I'm hearing screaming and I'm hearing somebody saying, that's my bike, that's Give my, my bike. bike. Give me my bike. Give me my goddamn bike. Lots of yelling back and forth. And then I go to my window and I see one of my neighbors who lives on the other side of the building who I'm friends with walking very quickly up the gate. So just so everybody knows, (laughs) I am uh,
1: doing a radio play. I love this.
0: There's there's two stories to my garage and I park on the top and you have to go up a hill and this is the outdoor portion and I see him walking up there and I see a... Very jacked African-American gentleman chasing after him. No shirt. Come on, back in and out. No shirt. He looks like Debo from Friday. And he's saying, hit me again with that golf club. And something along the lines, every time you hit me, my dick gets hard. Wow.
1: That is a weird
0: yeah. uh, fetish. He said, hey, pussy, bring it back. And I see my neighbor has a golf club in his hand. Okay. And, and he's, which looks like going back to his apartment. At this point, many tenants from Savage Town have filtered out onto the parking lot. My maintenance guy yells at Debo and tells him to go back. I go back. To, I go to see the scene. At this point, the fuckboy scramble has been put on hold. I, I have to see what's happening here. I go on top of the garage. The cops at this point have arrived. I peer over the top because I'm looking down into the ground.
1: I feel, like, I feel like what maybe something you have to do before Nick leaves is have Nick do, like, still video shots of, like, all of Savage Town. We Maybe lay out a, a blueprint so people know, people can imagine all the things that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. You on top of your garage.
0: So I'm on top of the garage, but, again, this is open. I'm looking down on the street because I'm a story above, and he, the Devo points to me. He goes, that's the guy. That's the guy who hit me with the golf club. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then the cop starts talking to me, and I lose it. And I said, you guys don't do shit. These people cause problems all the time. And she says, sir, sir, you need to get away from this situation because you're going to make it worse. And I'm, like, dropping lots of F-bombs, yelling at the cops because they don't do anything, and I'm sick of this, and I can't sleep because Bilbo and I have been having trouble sleeping because the crackheads are too loud. So all this back and forth is happening. I'm angry. I text the guy who had the golf club. And here's what happened. Apparently, somebody had stolen his bike on Mildred months ago. He confronted that person. He had video evidence that they had stolen the bike. Debo is the protector of the street. I'm not making this up. His name is, uh, God, what is it? You what? know his name. He goes by something Tim. No. John.
1: <laughs> Jackson.
0: I can find his name. I know he has. Randall. A, no. He's got a nickname. Uh, What is it? It is... Uh, Blender. Uh, I forget his name. Microwave. Something like that. Anyway, apparently he he goes after the dude of my sh- who lives in my building. And the dude in my building had a golf club he was just protecting himself because he knew he was dealing with Mildred. Yeah. And he says, if you get close to me, I'm going to hit you. He swings twice at this guy into the ribs with a golf club.
1: Took a in, the, in the words of Ludacris, coming out swinging like Tiger Woods' wife.
0: <laughs> Didn't even phase him. That's how jacked this dude is, and also probably on PCP. Didn't even phase him. And here's the here's the kicker. The dude in my building, the cops show up. They go to his apartment. Then the next day, they show up again. I actually let the cops in. I just got done with the run. The dude in my building is charged with a first-degree assault, wow. assault with a deadly weapon. He was booked. A mugshot was taken and everything. So let me recap this. The dude in my building who had his bike stolen from a Mildred crackhead who then confronted a crackhead, the the Gestapo of the street or whatever you want to call him, the enforcer of the street, goes after the dude and he said, I'm going to hit you if you come at me. He hits him protecting himself, obviously six feet rolled too, especially with the crackhead. He is now charged with assault with a deadly weapon, a first degree felony.
1: I mean, I hate the the quality of life gang in the Midwest are like, This is California, <laughs> all
0: you liberals protecting the homeless, yeah, but also ridiculous, and also they're right in that assumption, yeah,
1: no, it is wild uh, but I mean, your boy, he probably shouldn't have gone out there with a golf club, yeah, but at the same time, it's ridiculous. He, what he should have gone what he should have done is he should have gone out there with an entire golf bag, said he was golfing, and yeah. then when the guy came at him and he hit him with a golf club, he's like, "Hey, this guy approached me, going out there with a weapon." So you got to think these things through.
3: Now, but, what kind of club was this? Was this, we're talking an iron, a driver, a hybrid?
0: I think it was a driver. Wow. Interesting choice. Yeah. I'm not sure though. I actually have no clue. I'm just guessing. I would have brought an iron yeah. personally, but yeah,
3: I a, a very. Low angle, like a three iron. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, the the fact that he's being charged with a first degree felony is wild.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, I hope he's hope he comes out of this okay. I hope he, he's found not guilty.
0: He doesn't seem too concerned. <laughs> yeah, there's literally video evidence of oh, the, the guy, guy
1: stealing his bike.
0: No, and also of again, the, a different guy stole his bike. Of this guy approaching him, apparently of him holding it up, you can yeah. see him saying something like, get away, get away. You can't just attack people. Right. Like, if I'm holding the bat and I tell somebody to get away and you attack me, I would think, legally, I can swing that bat at you. Yeah. If I've warned you. I have no idea.
1: Have six, no idea the laws. Six feet rule, too. Yeah. That, that should be factored in, coronavirus. I was just out here. I was using this. My arm plus this golf club is six feet. I
0: use it to social distance. Yeah. Well, I yelled at people yesterday about that. Yeah, I yelled at them. Yeah, I was, you know, I was running and they just were standing in the middle of the sidewalk, and I, I gave a big heads up coming through, and they stood there, and I yelled, "Coming through! Social distancing! Get out of the way!" Yeah, I used it. I and did u- people move? Yeah, they finally moved. And they looked at me like I was a weirdo. But the truth is, I don't run near people if I'm coming Why up. Are you on, running
1: on the sidewalk? you don't run street side, like you don't run like on the edge of the street or anything like that
0: yeah but this in this case there was cars and I had to run on the sidewalk and they had a full grassy area normally what what I've what I've realized during the coronavirus stuff is normally one person gets out of the way people are usually pretty cool yeah either I'll run on the grass or people will just move to the grass or an area to just you know do the whole social distancing thing but these people didn't they were they were they were being sidewalk hoggers and that's now is not the time to do that yeah not during the rona you're committed to still running
1: through the virus
0: i am i'm actually running more than i've run in months i'm gonna run today again in the rain my goal is to get near 200 miles this month
1: a weird Andy Ruther. It's another one of the weird Andy Ruther ticks where he's like, No,
0: this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna run a lot. <laughs> well, this is my goal. By the time this whole thing ends, I want to be ready, locked and loaded, to do at least a half marathon. That's all I have, man. Bilbo's <laughs> leaving me. I'll be here by myself.
1: I mean, I think when this whole thing ends, you should. Put on your best you know, Forrest Gump outfit and just run to Bilbo. Run back into his arms in, <laughs> in Grand Rapids. Go see your son. Run with two cheese sticks across the country. Pass them to him like it's a baton in a relay race.
0: Meet you at Green Lake. I just started running. What's, what's Green Lake? What's I, uh... like,
1: I like that your Forrest Gump is Sling Blade.
4: <laughs> I'm, running.
3: <laughs> I'm running. I'm run. It's just my neighborhood lake. We can
0: kayak. <laughs> we can kayak? Yeah, we can kayak. Well, why don't we set up the new Dirty Sports compound?
1: compound in,
0: in Grand Rapids? <laughs> no, but you're not Grand Rapids. Where are you, technically? Caledonia.
1: Caledonia.
0: Caledonia.
1: Caledonia.
0: Yeah. Is that an Italian name? Nope. Spanish? I don't know. It's, it's one definitely, th- definitely not Italian. <laughs> it's one or the other, right? I don't think so. Caledonia. No.
1: I don't think if you say it like that, it makes it...
0: Caledonia. <laughs> Caledonia. <laughs> Caledonia.
1: I think Caledonia was a place like originally. Like I think it, it's one of the wasn't Caledonia like a uh like a Prussia, like a, a sense became something else sort of thing?
0: I don't know. It's
3: Latin.
1: Oh, it's Latin.
0: You guys want to get the Name calls? Name given
3: by the Romans to the land north of the Providence. See? I mean, I don't have all Britannia. the information, but I've got I've got some of it. Roughly corresponding to modern day
0: Scotland. See? Joe Prano. You guys want to do some dirtball calls? Mean,
1: I, again, I'm impressed at myself just to have a general idea of what the fuck I'm
0: talking about. Joe's really patting himself on the back this episode. I mean,
1: I failed I failed many a history class in my day. I am not I, I, I never enjoyed history. I'm just super proud of myself that I retain even close to the right information.
0: By the way, I'm watching World War II in color on Netflix. It's really good. I'm through two episodes. Speaking That's the
1: of the kind of shit, I wouldn't watch with a gun to my head.
0: Why? I just I, historical shit just bores me. It's it's fascinating to see, like the thought that Hitler, and, and I'm gonna and people might laugh. I've I heard did, of him. I've heard of him. I guess I didn't know this. The fact that he basically marched right into France that easily, I didn't even know, because I I haven't read enough on World War Two. Like, I knew he marched, and I knew that. They didn't put up a fight because they didn't want Paris destroyed because of the history and the architecture, and they just let them come through. But I mean, it's wild, like, like to think that's not that long ago. I don't know, man. You,
1: it, it, Hitler into France is like Nick uh, to the fridge at four in the morning. He's like, I'm here. <laughs> Nothing I'm, is
4: stopping
0: I'm me. I'm here.
1: I'm here for the cheese. I want. I want the cheese. <laughs> <laughs>
0: compared a guy who wanted global Aryan domination <laughs> to a 23-year-old saying, kid would, who wanted would, a slice of cheese.
1: He wouldn't be stopped. And and <laughs> France is full of cheese. Yeah, <laughs> for the
2: cheese!
0: All right, let's get to the dirtball calls.
2: Hey, Joe and Andy. This is Julio from Jacksonville, Florida. Long-time listener, first-time caller. With the recent release of the new Falcons and Bucks jerseys, I just wanted to hear your opinions on those. As well as I wanted to ask, what has been your favorite color rush or throwback jersey that any team has worn in the last, say, like five to ten years or so? Um, that's basically it. Stay dirty.
1: Um, I I feel like the I feel like people are bored. I feel like the Bucks and. Falcons jerseys have been have gotten unnecessarily roasted like people are like, oh, look at this. Like, I think both are fine. I mean, the Bucks the Bucks alarm clock jerseys that they've been wearing for the last five years. H- horrific. Yeah. Um, the idea that the Bu- like the Bucks v- very obviously should have embraced the retro style that every every fashion. The cream sports. Every, but just everybody's going throwback. You know what I mean? Yeah, just go full creamsicle. Just go full back. You had you had a great uniform, and and for them to dial it back just to like a less lame version of their uniform, it's not terrible, but it's just like uninspiring.
0: Well, they basically went back to when they won the Super Bowl, right? Right,
1: and I I like them better than the current ones. And I actually I saw that they were getting especially roasted for having like a like a concrete gray option, which I think was cool um i liked it uh there's so much color in that the the you know the orangish red that they wear and the pirate thing like yeah get a little gray going for an alternate i'm fine with it um the falcons jerseys again it was like
3: what's the big alteration
0: with the falcons ones? i don't know they just there's went
3: radiant on one of them yeah now. So it kinda like changes colors up and down, which is a total miss on my end. I don't mind the solid color jersey Falcons, yeah. but you can't have a gradient on a jersey. And I think the
1: use of the ATL is is strong. I like like you gotta you gotta embrace, you know, people just refer to the city as the ATL. So embracing that as part of your thing. I was fine with it. I I said yesterday on our Twitch stream, twitch.tv forward slash dirty sports, that I found it hilarious that the Carolina Panthers official Twitter account was roasting the Falcons like the Panthers don't have the dumbest uniforms in the league. I hate the Panthers uniforms and I've always hated them. You've got a Carolina blue and you barely use it. It's just trimming things. And, and then you're going with, like, some video game-looking helmet that's basically like a Patriots knockoff helmet.
0: Well, back to the Falcons, I like the Deion Sanders ones. Yeah, sure. Remember when they had the red? Of course.
1: I, I think that they're both fine. Um, I, but neither of them are great. And to answer his question, um, I think that there's just some obvious, like, great, throwbacks that we've seen and great uh, color rushes that we've seen in the last few years. I love the powder blue chargers. Just fantastic. The The idea that the chargers not only have used those as color rush, but have also basically embraced that as their uniform. Now is a perfect example of like, yeah, you had awesome uniforms. Why right? you go with Navy. Every team in the world has uses Navy. Go back to that the The Rams going back to the yellow and blue, so much better than like the gold and the navy and the white. Um, the other the other ones I really like. I'm thinking of of like the sort of color rush alternates. I love the Giants going with the the Giants stripe and the all whites.
0: I'll tell you what, man. I've always loved the Raiders jerseys.
1: Yeah, the I, Raiders jerseys don't have to.
0: They don't have to mess with it. Mess it's, with anything, it's yeah. Classic.
1: No, the Raiders uniforms are
0: great. The black. Yeah. I've always liked the Steelers. It's a classic. I think that—I'll be honest. I think—and I know they're obviously the team, America's team, whatever you want to call it. I think the Cowboys is kind of lame with their star.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I've i been making this thing for years. I don't know if you know Their pants are basically green. Yeah. Because they were trying to have silver pants, but silver didn't come through as silver like when they came up with it like the 70s on television the way the broadcast was so they went with like a weird green color to make it look like silver on tv and now they just have green pants and um i mean some of the worst like the i feel like the dolphins uniforms have always been fantastic and then they tried to update them and make them like modern and you're like dude why would you mess with it it was great the jets missed hard on their update so easy to have gone back to a classic Jets look. They missed. In fact, I didn't hate the Jets look that they had prior to the, like the new one. They I don't know why they felt like they need to go back to an era that was when the uniforms were worse. I think I just like the classic uniforms. I like the Packers. I wish the Niners would go back a little bit even more to uh to like a, a Joe Montana era. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's get to another call.
2: Hey, Dairy Sports, this is McKay Parker from Houston, Texas, and I just have a question for both Joe and Andy. Um, You might have answered this a long time ago, but if you had a job for a sports team, what would that job be, what would be the pros and cons? Because I used to work for a baseball team in their warehouse, and my job would personally be the merchandise the head of or the head of merchandise like you get to see the the pros would be you get to see the jerseys and you get to see all the new equipment from Nike etc the cons would be you have to be at every single game um in uh, in the merchandise area and some nights you just want to not get the game. but anyway um nick and joe i've enjoyed some of your music on spotify and I hope you get through this
0: coronavirus, and have a great day. Bye. Wow. That's McKay. We met him. He got us those tickets for the yeah, Astros. Yeah, no, I
2: remember.
1: Fantastic Astros seats. And uh, I believe he even had family who worked at the Astros. So this is this is near and dear to his heart, What you know, what, what job would you have. Uh, you know, he was talking about merchandising. Obviously, I was friends with the guy who was the uh, the equipment manager for the Giants for a long time. That's a pretty great gig, too, you know. Same thing. He was like working hand in hand with like Nike and all all the brands to like come up with designs for the team, how they're they're gonna look. But then there's also a lot of like screwing in face masks and you know changing cleats out and stuff like that. I mean, to me, obviously, I I would love to be the president of basketball operations for a team, not the GM. Just I wanna I wanna craft the overall like. Basketball persona of team, like Jerry West seems like he's got the greatest gig in sports. What's the Jerry difference? West doesn't even leave his house.
0: What's the difference between president of operations and GM?
1: GM is like making the trades, scouting guys. He's like got, got to be in charge of his of the scouts. has got to be all that. President of the basketball operations, is like here's what we're gonna do. This is how we're changing the team. Like, look at what happened with the Clippers when Jerry West took over. He's like, hey, we're getting re- like you're the GM. You're in charge of dealing chris paul and blake griffin and all these guys but you have to do that like a a talent brand manager almost like truly no one seems like they have a better job than like the jerry west's the pat riley's of the world what a great gig yeah baseball too too uh too long a season too many players Football, way too many players. Fifty-two guys on a roster. Baseball, too many players in an organization. Basketball, fifteen guys. A culture. This is your job. I want to be the hype man. I don't know what that means.
0: Yeah, what do you? I don't know. Th- doesn't have the mascot. No, not the mascot. <laughs> yeah, not the mascot.
3: Let's get let's get Reuther in like one of those green suits.
0: Can I? uh Oh, he's got the COVID. Let it out. Let out that COVID all over my couch. Uh I think, you know, does don't teams have like a guy like you know like Lakers fans. Like an make, MC? Yeah. Let me be the MC.
1: What like the guy like the guy who's like in a DJ booth? <laughs> like, so yeah, you want to be the, the public address announcer?
0: Maybe here's here's the thing.
1: The public like you like public address announcer is the guy who's like a three point field goal. The
0: the GM position would be fun, but it's
1: a lot of work. I mean it's a lot of work. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I want to go above that. I want to tell the GM what to do.
0: Yeah. I, can I just go to the games? Like, wh- wh- what can I do? I can just hang out with the players and go to the games. What's the easiest job? To be, like, a locker room
1: guy, like a locker room attendant. Yeah, like a water boy.
0: No, I don't want to be a water boy. No, but, like, a
1: locker room attendant, like a guy who just, like, goes in, makes sure, you know.
3: Equipment manager. Yeah.
1: Like, it, you don't even have to be equipment manager. You could just be, like, an assistant equipment manager. Just a guy who picks up towels and stuff like that. No,
0: I don't be picking up their towels. I just want to be the guy who like hangs out with the. Pl- Can I just be a guy who a hanger outer?
1: Well, you could be like the fourth assistant on an NBA team. Those guys are basically nothing. Yeah, but then you got to travel on the road.
0: I want to be a guy who cuts jokes and stuff.
1: And be the team barber.
3: Aren't there like player therapists? Yeah, yeah. you could be. You could be
1: like the oh. like the Reds yoga instructor or something like that. Be a good gig.
0: Oh. A little therapy. No, I don't know yoga though. <laughs> Guys, we can't. We got to find the easiest job that I fit. You know, I, dude, I like the job as the counselor. Now I'm not a, I'm not a psychiatrist.
1: Not a bad gig too. Like a, like a sport. Like you could be a sports psychologist, but without the degree, just be like, guy, like I can't make free throws. Have you thought about just caring less? You know, yeah. Just let it rip. Yeah. Just let it fly, LeBron. The Mentalist. Yeah. Is that the what mentalist? they're called? Isn't that a terrible CBS show? <laughs> Mentalist. I want to be Bones
2: <laughs> Bones Is there,
1: Doesn't every team need a Columbo
0: <laughs> Don't you love how I want To just hang the out The
1: mentalist
0: <laughs> I just want to hang out With the players And literally do no work Somebody who cheers them up Can I be the court jester? Like the class clown You
1: would be the guy Who goes out there
3: Like getting the t-shirt gang
1: ready You know Michael like, says,
0: he
3: really just wants to go out and yell like Steve Ballmer, essentially. No, no, but no, no. But without being the owner.
0: No, because I wouldn't be a yeller. I want to be the guy who. You're a non yelling hype man? But I'm relaxing the team. We're off the hype man thing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking, I'm the guy who, like, in the locker room, it's all tense, and I'm like, you guys watch Tiger King? And then. That's
1: not a position.
0: I, I'm creating one.
1: The mentalist.
0: <laughs> I, I get them mentally loose. I'm the mentalist. Yeah, <laughs> I love this. Like because I'm kind of in the psychology sphere or like you know that realm, but I'm more of just keeping them loose. And I mean
1: that's usually that's usually also, like a guy on the team. That's a like a locker room guy. That's like a, yeah. the last guy on the bench. They yeah. keep they they keep around because you know he's good for team chemistry.
0: Yeah, that's me. Give me a uniform. You imagine me at the land of the Lakers bench.
1: Basically, you're Curtis Granderson on his last four teams. Like, yeah, you are get a bad every once in a while, but mostly you're here cuz we like you.
0: But I don't even want to go on the court. Right. And you don't you don't even have to pay me the league minimum. Just give me six figures. I'll tra- <laughs> I'll travel with the team.
1: Exactly. You- is that the going rate for team mentalists these days?
0: Yeah, g- give me give me about buck 50 a year. 200 a year.
1: Like the price keeps going
4: up.
0: I'm just saying. Dude, LeBron needs a guy like me. These guys are all serious, and I can educate them on stuff. So when they pop off and say something ignorant, I'm like, No, man, that's not what's going on in China. I'm gonna hook them up with my guy Bressler. And, you know, like I'm that guy. Like I'm everything. I, I make them laugh. I'm informative to them. I relax them. You just want to be turtle for an NBA team. That's basically it. But a little more sophisticated. <laughs> a little more sophisticated. Like I might wear a suit some days. I might be in sweats some Anyway You I'll- never know what the mentalist is going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really liking this idea, though. Uh, what else we got here? Let's see what else we got. Oh, this is a funny one.
4: Hey, two. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio with beautiful Venice Beach, California. Sitting next to my host, my co host, Joey No Chill Prado. No. How you doing, Joe? Hello, Andy. <laughs> That's Joe doing a Tug Coker impression. Uh, it's just called, up some movie reviews, man, whatever. I wanted to lay down, uh, what I've been thinking about. I texted Joe earlier, uh, but I haven't heard brought up that Andy is giving off some real Joe exotic vibes from Tiger King. And uh, you know, having Nick move in, it's a lot like Joe having Travis move in in Tiger King. Andy, are you starting a cult? You need some big cats. <laughs> you trying to get in that culture? Let me know. I'll join up.
0: All right. Well, here's the deal.
1: Joe Exotic. Getting a little, getting a little Joe Exotic Travis vibes between you and
3: Nick. No, I don't get this. You have to explain this one to me. So you so didn't watch it? I haven't seen it yet. But you watched it.
0: Yes, of course. So Travis was Joe Exotic's second husband who clearly was not gay, but basically Joe Exotic used to make gay and he provided a meth.
1: Yeah. I mean, Joe Exotic got, you know, got to give the guy a lot of credit. <laughs> he married he married multiple not gay dudes. <laughs> I mean, meth is wild. Wild.
0: Uh no, look man. I'm not uh the reason I'm not Joe Exotic, there, there's nothing sexual happening between me and Bilbo. Uh,
1: but you are giving him meth.
0: I am giving he's, him math, though. you providing me cheese sticks,
1: yeah, which is that, essentially which my is, meth. Which is basically <laughs> meth if you're from Michigan. It's Michigan meth.
0: I am not What stu- is
1: this, Wisconsin cheddar? I'll
0: suck your dick. If anyone's starting a cult between us, it's clearly Prano. Prano already has a. L- a very loyal legion. I'm glad that you brought this up. Of because, dirt balls. Because everybody's been asking
1: about it. Everybody's been going like, what happened to the Prano 2020 campaign? And I said, much like a tiger in the jungle, I have been laying in the weeds. I've been letting all of these people fight it out. I told you I would be back. Everybody goes, 2020? We're like three months into 2020. What's happening to the Prano Twenty? I mean, I've gotten messages, and, and now it has happened. Now... This, this battle of the bastards has occurred, and the only people left standing are literally dementia-riddled rapists. There's two, two men remain. The Ben Glebes of the world have gotten out. The Bernie Sanders of the worlds have gotten out. Elizabeth Warren, out. Tulsi's out. Is Tulsi officially out? I don't know if she's officially out, but she should be. She's out. Everybody's out. The only people left, Biden, Trump like ridiculous person who uses they've made up words. Some guy who's still saying cockamamie and poppycock. They're both, they're, they're literally both accused rapists. This is where we strike. Prado 2020 is back. If you want Prado 2020 stickers, slide into those DMS. We're taking donations for the campaign. Shout out to everybody who's already donating to Nick's return campaign. You want Prano 2020 stickers? They're available on JoePrano.com. We are kicking this presidential campaign into high gear. If you're not going to vote for a rapist this year, vote for me. That's the new slogan. That's a good tagline. Fix your life. Fix your life. Prano in 2020. I might even redesign the sticker to just say, I'm not a rapist.
0: He really hijacked that call, huh? Yeah.
1: Well, you asked. And here we are. We're back. Wow.
0: Well, uh, the
1: campaign yeah. has restarted.
0: I will put in one request for you, Nick. When you do head back, you need to watch Tiger King. They're about to drop a new episode next week. Actually,
3: I'll I'll get to it.
0: Okay, let's let's make sure you do that. All right, CT was doing a uh, Andy Ruther impression. We have a couple more. We have another. We have a couple impressions here.
4: Okay. Hey, Joe and Andy. Uh, this is Matthew, the Dirtball from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And I am calling in to get my best rendition of Andy Reuther's "Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast." So let me know what you think. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Reuther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host Joey No Chill Thank you
3: so much. Have a great one, you guys. Stay dirty.
0: It's it's not bad, but it's more, you got to remember the the welcome. It's more.
3: That's I, like, I was just gonna say. No one's gotten down the welcome.
0: It's yeah, welcome, welcome. to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your I, host.
1: It's pretty. He was pretty good though. Just a little. I think. I think the timing. You Strong know, but timing needs to be smoothed out a little. But uh, you know, a lot of people nervous to call the Dirty Sports
0: no, Podcast. I, but he, you know what? He leaves a spot on. Nick and I heard this. Now this is a spot on one. Oh, is this the? Yeah, so this is the tug. Yeah, listen to this. this is
3: great. Hey, fellows, this is Matthew
4: from Cleveland once again. Uh, just called in. I didn't know how to tie it in uh, since I can't do a Joe Prano yet, but I can do a pretty good uh, tug poker. So here's my hello, Andy, for tug. Hello, Andy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. That's Stay strong.
0: It's pretty good. It's strong. It's really good. We, I,
1: I, We almost need him to call back. I, I, I'd love to hear. That's such a good tug impression. I'd love to hear him like, uh, yeah, I got this tweet here from, uh, you know, to John at CBS Sports, a little tug nug. <laughs> Give us this tug nug impression. Yeah. want to cr- credit where credit's due. This tug nug comes from. Now, I love it.
0: Now, here's another call that uh, definitely tapped into something I had said to you probably about a month ago
2: what's up, you guys? It's uh, LaGoy calling from beautiful Oneida, New York, here in upstate. Um, just got done watching Shark Tank and just wondering what you guys think of Lori Grenier. Um, definitely smash. Definitely looks like a 7.4 most of the time. All right. Uh, just wonder what you guys think. All right. Stay dirty,
0: boys. All right. All right. Bye. You remember I said this when we watched Shark Tank about you last said you month. You you wanted to smash Oh Grenier. Oh, yeah. Lori I'm, like, really attracted to Lori Grenier. Uh... But one because obviously she's she's smart, she's business savvy, and that
1: <laughs> that what is that? Obviously because she's smart, she's business savvy. That makes one her more, of the first things I look for in a woman is her business savvy. What well, makes her it, ability to get me on QVC? It
0: makes her more attractive. Yeah, I like women who have a good business sense, man. Independent women, I do for real. So that makes her attractive, and I yeah, like she's got that kind of little little thicker, voluptuous body. And I'll just say it, guys. I bet she's great in bed. She she I said that to you a month ago. I'm like, yo, what's with I was like, I totally would smash Lori. Like, I'm attracted to her. She's married. Sadly, I went through her Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> you went and checked it out. Oh yeah.
0: She's fifty. I here's the thing about Lori. She's the type of woman who strikes me. She obviously is a very hard worker. She's amassed so much wealth. They only ever listed it. Who knows if this is accurate? $100 million net wealth. But I think a type of woman like that gets down and dirty. Because she's busting ass all day, making deals. In the bedroom, she's like, let's do it.
1: I I feel like Lori uh, has trouble reaching her feet to the floor. She seems in those big Shark Tank chairs. She seems very short to me. For that reason, I'm out. Oh. Could be wrong. But for that reason, I'm out.
0: Am I flying solo? Any comment from uh, Bilbo over there?
3: I'm good on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get to our last
0: call then.
2: What's up, Dirty Sports? It's Joey from Minnesota. I live in Pittsburgh now. Um, so my question today is about movies. You guys have been talking a lot about movies with all this quarantine bullshit lately. And I just feel like. When I was younger, I used to love movies, and now I can't even sit through 10 minutes of some of these things. In fact, I would say most of them. There are movies like The Joker, like Joker or Parasite or The Irishman. like Those movies from this year I think have been great. I think 2019 was a great year for movies. But in general, I just feel like I hate them now. I'm wondering if you think that's a problem with me or a problem with movies. I don't know. Condoms are always for Aaron Rodgers. Fuck the characters. Oh, shots
1: fired. I think that this is a problem with the movie industry. I agree. As opposed to movies. I'm certain that there are movies being made that are still good. We just don't get to see them or know about them or hear about them because the movie industry has a, has at this point realized that the way that they, they – are better off spending four hundred million dollars making a movie, marketing a movie, all these big budget movies, and then making five hundred million dollars on the movie. In essence, making a hundred million dollars, you know, in profit. than they are taking a movie like that that costs them nothing and promoting it and making like the the biggest success rate you can have for like a small movie is like oh, remember when like my big fat Greek wedding back in the day made like two hundred million dollars? Like that's what an Avengers movies makes in the first weekend. It's all marketing. It's all, you know, uh, going for hella broad audiences. Um, I'm sure that there's less and less movies getting made via the studios now that are, you know, s- smart and funny and interesting um, because the profit's not there. I mean, the Joker is a great example. The Joker has nothing to do with Batman or the Joker at all. But it made a ton of money because it's called The Joker. They made Taxi Driver; they pretended it was about a comic book character that you know, and it makes a ton of money. If that movie had come out and been called The Dan about some guy named Dan who's kind of a lunatic, no one would have saw it. Jo- Joaquin Phoenix wouldn't have been in it. Joaquin Phoenix wouldn't have gotten awards for it. Like that's just how and and, and honestly, that's what they're doing now. They're they're. Having to find a way to like sneak in.
0: Well, it's interesting. I, I know I've talked. I don't know if I talked about this. I was. I don't know if I was talking to Nick about this. So I took an entertainment law class ten years ago mm-hmm. at UCLA Extension, and it was an interesting class because it was it was a mixture of actual lawyers who were not in entertainment law who were maybe thinking about going into that route or learning more, and it was creative people. Like that was the class. And my professor, who was an entertainment lawyer, you, you read a couple books and you talked about what the movie industry wants. And, and you nailed it. And, and that's what was so uh, insightful of the class. They said, Prano, these studios are either going to make a very, very small budget indie film or they're going to spend hundreds of millions. Like, the the middle film the studio wants no part of it. Right. The 30 to 40 million dollar budget, they're going no. They're going we'll do the 1 million dollar budget right. or the 200 million because yeah. of exactly what you said. For some reason, it's it's way more risk to do the 40 million than it is the Avengers.
1: Because if a 40 million dollar movie doesn't do well, you lost 40 million dollars. Exactly. If a 1 million dollar movie doesn't do well, you lost 1 million dollars. But any movie can blow up. It's never going to blow up to the size of a movie of a Star Wars or an Avengers or whatever like that, but neither is that middle ground one. So it's it's high risk, high reward, low risk, high reward. They don't want medium risk, medium reward.
0: Exactly.
1: And and honestly, that's a shame because honestly, the best movies of all time mostly fill in that, that spot because what tends to happen, and I've been do- going through this on like the you know, I'm, I'm hard in on the criterion collection right now, uh, app, but for example, like a Wes Anderson, you know, Wes Anderson makes like a bottle rocket and that's not the movie that everybody knows him for, but he makes bottle rocket for nothing. That gets the attention of the movie industry. Now they give him tens of millions of dollars to make Rushmore, Royal Tannenbaums, all those movies that he made that are absolute classics. And now it's like, dude, unless you're going to like, now it's make this Gigantic movie or don't make anything.
0: Yeah, and I think that we we're, we're in such a period of oversaturation that it. I I agree with the call. I find it tough to find stuff like you're saying that's good. And to me, it also shows we watch crap. Like if I go to my Netflix right now and I see the top ten trends, yeah, a lot of it is garbage. Oh, absolutely. And that's what people are watching. They're watching garbage. And I always say this to Nick when we're like looking for stuff. It takes us a minute, but, but I'll take the time.
1: But that's, but that's also, you know, it speaks to, again, the, the whole studio system and the, the way the industry is now. The, the idea of remakes and reboots and whatever. They basically don't want to find... They don't even want to deal with finding a new audience for something. No. They want to know an audience already exists and give that audience what they want. They will make a Star Wars movie about a character that once appeared in a Star Wars. They they made an entire series that's a spin-off of one idea from one minor character in the Star Wars world. And they spent tens of millions of dollars to make The Mandalorian because they know the audience is there. Yeah. And, and that sucks because the best ideas are new ideas.
0: Exactly. For and, sure. And let's not forget, it's a movie business. That's the one thing he would hammer home in yeah. class. He kept saying, "Guys,
1: it's not show fun.
0: Yeah, it's show business. It's all about the money and the bottom line, and that's what it is. And you take a movie. I mean, you take a movie like The Joker. I mean, it made. I know it made over a billion. It made one point zero seven two billion. Yeah, worldwide.
1: But it. But it was a scam. It was the greatest scam in history. He made a character movie, but he called it Joker. It's like doing a movie about a guy, a kid whose mom isn't whatever, you know, his mom isn't nice to him, Guess what? And, then in, and then in high school he goes through this weird trauma because he starts going bald faster than his friends, and that makes him super angry because he gets picked on for being the bald kid, and they call it Lex. You know, it's it's a
0: scam. Guess what it cost? Sixty million dollars. Very good guess. The Joker's budget was fifty five million. Yeah. You figured what? What are they putting into advertising? Yeah. What's an additional? Let's say a hundred million. Right. It's probably way too high. But think about that. For Warner Brothers, let's let's say they're let's say they spent one hundred fifty five million on that movie. They made almost they made over 900 million yeah off one movie one movie that's what Warner Brothers made i mean it's crazy to, again it's entertainment business show business yeah uh,
1: my advice to people out there is that you know you 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 said i'm a movie buff which i actually you know i i think
0: i think you're i think you're good and you're knowledgeable i
1: like i love watching movies i i watch movies all the time i i think you know i've tried to do as best I can with watching the things that people say are good and watching all that stuff. But there are people who go, who are so deep down that rabbit hole and there are so, and you know, the filmmaker types and the whatever. But I will say the, the, my one piece of advice is, you know, I really try to work hard and seeing a lot of movies. Uh, you're never going to see everything. Just like go back, like look at lists of movies or, or look at movies that you like and, and, and look up similar things like look up also recommends because there's a world of stuff out there that like you can go back now, especially with streaming. I mean, video stores are gone and all that, but now everything's available on one form or another, whether it be Amazon, Netflix, all the HBO, Showtime, Star, Cinemax, all the streaming things, the Criterion Channel, like, or just like going into the libraries of iTunes and being able to rent a movie for two ninety nine, no late fees. You got it for forty eight hours. You can watch anything. I promise you. There are while they're not making new a ton of new great movies, there's plenty of old ones for
0: you to watch. Yeah. And uh, I feel like we got a movie night coming, right? Do we? I mean, you, you're all about that Twitch, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, as, it, is it a as long as we movie start, night?
3: As long as we start going on Twitch a little earlier and we get off a little bit quicker, maybe we can start doing some more movie nights. Yeah, we're, we're getting really late oh, starts. Oh, I thought that. you were
1: talking about like a Twitch movie night, like you guys watching a movie. I don't know if you. I don't
0: know what the legality of that is, I don't but think that's legal. Probably not. Right. I don't know, but. Yeah. I I but I'm probably good for you know, at, the, at this point in quarantine. I I can probably do a couple movies a week. I'm just, it's still just I'm literally on 2-3 a day. I, that's that's just nuts for me. It's a lot of movie watching. Yeah. 2 or
1: 3 a day. I mean, yesterday was a light movie day. We did one and a half. But yeah, the the, the days before that it was 3 a day, like 3 3 or 4 days. Man. 2 2 hour, 2 2 to 3 hour movies. Watched the player Tim Robbins. Watched uh, I watched one of the worst movies ever. I think I I think I said on Twitter Head Full of Honey, which is a uh, a remake of a German movie that was supposed to be pretty good, and it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Nick Nolte playing a guy with Alzheimer's, real real bad. (laughs) I mean, Nick Nolte was fine, but the rest of the movie, yeah, trying to turn Alzheimer's into like slapstick comedy. Like, look, he can't remember things. He's pissing in the fridge. Like this movie. <laughs> what a wacky guy! He's crashed a car for the second time. Like, yo, automobile accidents, but with the elderly, are not funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you guys have any recommendations? Call us That eight three six five. That is the hotline, and we're not going anywhere. So uh, let us know. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TheDirtySports. Subscribe to us on YouTube and at twitch.tv forward slash Sports.
1: Now, Andy, are you wrapping up the show here? Is that it? Yes. Oh, okay. Because you had the Wimbledon thing on, which I thought was very interesting.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. We can talk about that real quick.
1: Wimbledon. I mean, well played by Wimbledon.
0: So well played.
1: They've had they've been paying twenty two million dollars into this like insurance fund
0: for how long? This is really fascinating. Darren Ravel tweeted this. Wimbledon has paid two million a year for pandemic insurance for the last 17 years.
1: Now I've heard a lot of so that's thirty-four million dollars, basically. But again, the 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 real important thing is that it's just two million dollars a year. I'm sure they make a ton of money. Um and I've read that, you know, calling it pandemic insurance is a little bit specific it probably covers a lot of different things that could undermine the entire tournament essentially they were just they were just worried that at some point this tournament could get cancelled and at any time just not having all of the money come from one year of the tournament could cripple them so have insurance on that and how much did they get paid out
0: they will make a 141 million from the
1: policy incredible well played. It's kind of amazing that we didn't hear about this from like NBA teams, MLB teams, like team specific going like, yeah, we had insurance just in case the season got canceled.
0: It really is interesting, and you're right. It's a small price to pay two million a year. A return of 140 million on 34 million they spent, so they're still up 107 million.
1: Yeah. I don't know what Wimbledon makes per year for you know whoever is behind yeah. it but it's got to be
0: Do you think so I wonder that's a good point teams could have done this could, I could mean have,
1: I imagine right if they if they if this
0: if this sort of thing exists insurance policies Yeah. Yeah. Man, it is interesting. You could basically take out insurance policies in anything. Yeah. You see guys do it as college athletes in case they get hurt if they're projected to be like a top five pick. So, uh, it's always smart to have insurance, isn't it? Yeah. Be prepared.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, what's that joke? Oh, you never mind. We'll talk about that to the show. You're not, you're not picking up my joke. No, it's always smart to have insurance.
1: No. What's the joke. You're talking about me. Yeah. Oh, like my injury. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, yeah. Yeah. I got a bill in the mail. I told you for forty thousand dollars. Can you imagine opening a bill and it says you owe forty thousand, and it just had like check this box if you want to pay with your credit card and write your credit card number. What, what? could you imagine? Who who is this person? Who, who is this person that's like, yep, go ahead and go ahead and process that uh, through. Here's my pin if you need it for forty grand.
0: And who has a forty like who that's not rich has a forty thousand dollar credit limit?
1: By the way, that wasn't even. That wasn't even everything. That was just walking into the hospital. Basically. I mean the surgery for but then like anesthesia, like they have their own billing department. X rays have their own billing
0: department. Oh yeah. I, I remember after after I got out of the hospital for the brain injury, I spent three three days and three nights. That you know, included an MRI, you know, all the drugs. I remember my now I had health insurance. But I remember if I had not had health insurance, my bill for three nights in the hospital and all the tests was like thirty-six grand. I, I just remember thinking, like, how is this $36,000? Yeah. You gave me some drugs. You ran some tests on me. By the way, that was uh, six years ago today. Today? I would be in the hospital. Wow. That eye patch on. With that eye patch on. Six years ago today. I would be in the hospital. So I am very thankful I am here on a couch talking sports. So count your blessings.
1: I feel like the big Andy Ruther one on one interview. Like I feel like the Dent Report I know the Dent Report is sort of has you know on hiatus. It's basically done. But I feel like I feel like the Dent Report what the Dent Report needs is a one on one interview with you and Eric Andre. <laughs> I feel like he is like the number one. He would be the best guest on the Den Report. Like this show exists, my life exists, all everything. My because you had a birthday party. There's free booze, and and my life changed.
3: He might have some insider info about what actually happened. I think he was
1: probably having sex with a donkey or some weird Eric Andre. I don't
0: really know. He was
1: like, sorry, I was in the VIP lounge with a baboon.
0: I don't know Eric, although. You remember it was probably just like two years ago when we played beach volleyball. Yeah, and you remember when he came down? Yeah, I almost told him. I can't believe you didn't. Cause didn't he? Didn't he? Did he come back to Savage Town?
1: I don't know. I didn't come back with him with you guys because we went to the,
0: we went to the pool afterwards. I think he might have came back for a minute at the pool, and I almost told him like, "Yo, man, I don't really know you, but I know you because you're friends with Josh." And I went to your party and basically almost died. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that dude's a lunatic. So. I know. I love it. All right, guys. That's the show. Follow us everywhere. Joe, you got anything?
1: Uh, at Joe Prano on Instagram, at Fix Your Life on Twitter, uh Prano twenty twenty. This is the official announcement that the campaign is getting shifted into third gear. We've been waiting. We've just been sort of idling um and here we are we're gonna we're gonna do it again so if you want if you want any merch you can go to joeprano.com or you can slide into my DMs, much like you did for the uh for the special back in the day we'll we can mail you out some stuff so any 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 donation to the campaign we'll get you some campaign merch
0: nick dale
3: dirt Ball. just want to take this time to thank you so much for welcoming me here with open arms it's been a blast out here Weren't for you guys, I would not be able to do the things I've been able to do for the past couple of months living here, Eat working with sticks. with Andy. So thanks for watching, thanks for clicking, thanks for liking, thanks for following, doing everything the Dirtballs do so well. And you know I'm gonna miss it here, but I'm looking forward to going back and just being a regular old dirt ball
0: Well, we, well, we look forward to having you back. At the end of the day, again, this is a a temporary hiatus, and then Nick Dale gonna come back stronger than ever. Okay, dirt balls. Have a great week. Social distance. Wash your hands. And most importantly, stay dirty.